front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. Men on the front lines. We call for these mighty men of valor. The Lord put a vision in my heart for a new movement amongst men in the body of Christ. The Lord says that I'm going to make champions out of those who would gather unto me. And I believe what men on the front lines will do. And I see it going into the nations. He's going to raise the bar among men. It's time for heroes to arise. Robert Hodgkin, and this is Heroes Arise. Men on the front line, social media broadcast, equipping, encouraging, and empowering you to arise as the hero, warrior, and champion that God created you to be. You matter, you are important, and you've got a key role to play for the kingdom and the earth. So thank you for joining me again this week so we can continue to pour into you. This show is going to be a celebration, but it's also going to be a show where we share some strategy and some next steps. Because as many of you, I'm sure, already know, today, Friday, June 24th, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Legalized abortion, legalized child sacrifice was overturned by the United States Supreme Court. This is amazing. This is a celebration of an impossible victory. Something that even a few years ago, people would have said it's impossible, it'll never be overturned, especially considering uh, the administration that we have right now and, and the Congress that we have right now. But I wanna tell you, our God is God of the impossible. And today we are celebrating an impossible victory but we're also going to be talking next steps and strategies of how to move forward from here to make sure that we continue to keep revival and reformation rolling in the United States of America. But just before we get into all that, a couple of quick announcements for you. First, I want to make sure you know that we are continuing our free webinar series, our free spiritual warfare, spiritual equipping webinar series this coming Monday and Tuesday. And what will that be? That'll be uh, June 27th and 28th, starting at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time each evening. We will be doing our next free webinar on birthing your prophetic promises. So if you have prophetic promises that you've been contending for, that you've been believing for, that you've been waiting on, join us this Monday and Tuesday for birthing your your prophetic promises. We're going to look at scriptural keys on how we can partner with God to co-labor with him to see those prophetic words, those, those prophetic promises that we have that seem like they've just been lingering and lingering, lingering. Scriptural keys of how we can partner with God to co-labor with him in the birthing anointing, as it were, to see those promises break Fourth, we're also going to talk about what not to do because there's also insights in scripture of things that can delay or slow down or hinder promises coming forth. So, we're going to be looking at all of that and we are going to help you birth your prophetic promises because this is a season for it. This is a season of breakthrough. This is a season of birthing. This is a season of shifting atmospheres, shifting climates. This is a season for the impossible being made possible. This is a season for you to birth your prophetic promises. So all you have to do to be a part of this free webinar, it's absolutely free, is go to patriciakingministries.com and click on the events link. And you'll see the listing for birthing your prophetic promises, June 27 and June 28. Click on that link and then you register. Completely free, but you do need to register so that our webmaster can get you the links of the private channel that we stream the sessions on. So you'll be sure to be included. If you run into any trouble or any confusion, simply email me, robert at menonthefrontlines.com or robert at roberthodgkin.com or robert at patriciaking.com. I get them all no matter where you address it, it will come to me and I'll get you the link. I'll get you the answers and I'll make sure that you get signed up for our free webinar, Birthing Your Prophetic Promises, this coming Monday and Tuesday, June 27th and 28th, starting 5.30 p.m. each evening. And oh, by the way, if you can't join us live, that's absolutely okay. You can still use the links 
for on-demand viewing later at your convenience. Or like I always say, join us live and then use the links and go back and re-watch the sessions or re-watch sections of the sessions so you can get even more from it and go even deeper into it. My second announcement, we do it every week. We'll keep doing it because you help us so much when you are willing to be our marketing department. And all you have to do to do that is like, share, and subscribe. You know the drill. You know how it is with YouTube videos. You know how it is with Facebook live streams. You know how it is with the podcast. And you can get Heroes Arise all that all those ways. We come to you on our Facebook live stream. We come to you on my Robert Hodgkin YouTube channel, my, my Robert Hodgkin Rumble channel. We send this out as a podcast, which is now also available as a video podcast through Spotify. But through all the other podcasting platforms, it comes as a traditional audio podcast. But however you like to interact with Heroes Arise, do me a favor. Make sure you like, you share, you subscribe, you five-star review, the podcast, the video, the stream, the feed, whatever it is. Because that does something to the algorithm that I won't pretend to understand. But when you guys do that, it helps the, the episode get in front of more ears and more eyes so we can equip more heroes like you. All right, let's jump into this week's episode. I know I'm coming to you late this week, but it ended up being very fortuitous. Usually we send Heroes Arise out on Wednesdays. This week I ran into some uh, some interesting things that were going on. Hadn't had a chance to get an episode out yet. And then today I thought, well, you know, God, I'm actually glad we were delayed so that we can jump right in and talk about this epic and historic day. After 49 years, five months, and two days, legalized child sacrifice has been torn down in the United States of America. For 49 years, five months, and two days, we have had legalized abortion or legalized child sacrifice in this nation. We have an al- had an altar to Molech and Baal and, and sacrificing children on that altar. I can't even remember how many, but I know it's more than 60 million children have been sacrificed in the womb. And as many of you know, um, there was even things being put forth that we would have post-term abortions, not just late-term. There's always been a discussion about late-term abortions, mid-term abortions, but now they were talking about post-term abortions where a child, I believe it was for up to 30 days after birth, the child could be aborted and in other words sacrificed or killed a blood sacrifice knowingly or unknowingly on the altar of Molech and Baal and I believe that is one of the main reasons we've seen such an increase of wickedness and unrighteousness and disdain for the Lord in this nation since the early 70s when Roe v. Wade was 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 uh, uh, approved or legislated in when we legalized abortion in this nation I think that level of blood sacrifice of the innocent in this nation has helped fuel many, 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 many things in the spirit in that, that, that has advanced the wicked agenda of Satan in this nation. Now, one of the things I want to say right at the top is if you have ever had an abortion or been involved in, in helping with an abortion, you need to know right now you are forgiven and you are loved. We are not celebrating anything other than an end to that. We're not condemning. We're not throwing guilt and shame upon anybody who has participated in this. I participated in this. When I was at university, I drove two friends who were pregnant, two different situations, but two women that I knew who had been left by the the man who had gotten them each pregnant and they were scared. They were alone. They wanted to have an abortion. I didn't know any better. I was a college student. I was um, almost 20 years away from coming into a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I drove them. I helped them to get an abortion. I have repented of that. I have gone to the Lord and asked for forgiveness and received it. I have no guilt, shame, or condemnation about that, but I had conviction and I knew I needed to make things right with God. I am loved. I am forgiven. Those women are loved. Those women are forgiven. So I want you to know today, as we celebrate this impossible victory of after 49 years, five months, and two days, this altar of child sacrifice, this legalization of abortion being torn down in the United States of America, we do it rejoicing in that righteousness is being reestablished in the land. But we have nothing but mercy and love and compassion for anyone who has been involved in this. Because let's get real. 
very, very, very few of these legalized abortions was anybody fully aware or even really aware at all that they were involved in child sacrifice. Culture has made it such a norm that it just seemed like a form of birth control. And you'll still hear people talk about that. So we're not here to bring guilt, shame, or condemnation to anyone. We are very aware that the nature of deception is you don't know you were deceived. I was deceived for a very long time. I actually, in my advertising career, I wrote at one of my, one, uh, one of the accounts I had was Planned Parenthood. I received a standing ovation from Planned Parenthood for the ads that I created for them because they found them so creative and so effective. I didn't know any better. I thought I was doing a good thing. I thought I was helping. I had a liberal, rebellious mindset back then, and I didn't see the truth. And the nature of deception is you don't know you're deceived. So today has nothing to do with finger pointing at anyone. It actually, I hope, this in love and, and compassion for the unborn that we've been fighting for. I hope we will grow in love and mercy and compassion. And I hope we have that same love and mercy and compassion for any women or any men who had been involved in helping with um, someone getting an abortion or any of the women who've had an abortion. This is a day to celebrate an impossible victory because my goodness, you know, we could sit back and say 49 years, five months and two days. Why did it take so long? And my simple answer to you is I don't know. But I do know this. Acts 1-7, the victorious risen Lord, basically tells us don't worry so much about the timing of God. It's The timings are really for the Father and Him alone to know. I actually see something glorious in this. I wish it had happened sooner. I wish there'd been many fewer uh, lives lost to this legalized abortion debacle um, uh, uh, the, 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 that's been going on, wickedness that's been going on for so long. But one of the things that I marvel at is that God did this with, during, during a, an administration that is the most pro-abortion pro um, 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 uh, uh, child sacrifice that not only pro-abortion, but pro mid to late term abortion and even strongly considering and putting forth pro post-term abortion. This is the most liberal, most leftist, most pro-abortion, mo most pro late term abortion, mo most pro post-term abortion administration we have ever seen in this nation. And this is when God chose to do this. He is showing that truly he is God of the impossible. Truly he is Lord Almighty. True, he, truly he is invincible in battle. It does not matter who's in office. It does not matter who holds or controls uh, the House or the Senate or the Congress. What matters is that we remember our God is God Almighty. He is invincible in battle and anything truly is impossible with him. So one of the things we need to look at right now is what are we going to believe for next? In just a minute, we're going to shift into um, um, next steps and strategic next steps of how we respond to this victory. Oh, by the way, I'm wearing my Flash t-shirt on purpose today because I wanted to celebrate the suddenly of this for 49 years, five months, and two days. We've had legalized abortion, legalized child sacrifice in the United States of America. All of my adult life, all of my adolescent life, for most of my life, we have had legalized abortion and legalized child sacrifice in this nation. And then suddenly, when I woke up this morning and I was actually um, um, making some coffee to sit in my prayer chair for my prayer time, um, I saw uh, through my news feeds and, and, and that this had happened. And I began to rejoice and thought suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. So God, our God is the God of end suddenly. Our God is the God of sudden breakthrough. Our God is the God of sudden victory. Our God is the God of impossible. He's the Lord Almighty. He's the Lord invincible in battle. So one of the things we need to do is we need to start thinking, what are we going to believe big for next? What impossible thing do we want to believe for next? What about prayer being restored in schools? What about a genuine honor and reverence and love and 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 reverential fear of the Lord being reestablished in this nation. What about an honor and a love for the word of God? Is our God big enough to shift all this? We can say, oh, but it's been like this for so long and it's just gotten darker and darker and darker. And then suddenly there can be a shift, just like suddenly 
after 49 years, five months and two days, today there was a shift. And today we celebrate an impossible, a quote unquote impossible victory, knowing what's impossible for man is possible with God. I also want to shout out and honor every single intercessor, every single worshiper, every single one of you who in any way has stood with God, stood for God, his plans, his purposes, his heart, his agenda to see this thing torn down in our nation. I want to honor you. I want to thank you for those of you who have prayed hours upon hours, days upon days, months upon months, years upon years. Those who no one will know your name until we are all in heaven because you've done it. So many of you in your prayer closet or for the Lou Engels out there and the Justice House of Prayer and all of those of you who serve with Lou in all the different locations and all the different Justice Houses of Prayers or the um, uh, uh, IHOP in, in Missouri with Mike Bickle and that team, and Misty Edwards and the worship teams, and all of you have worshiped, and all of you have prayed, and all of you have interceded. I just want to simply say, well done, good and faithful champions of the Lord. This victory is your victory as well. We celebrate our God of the impossible, but we honor every single one of you who has prayed, who has worshiped, who has decreed, who has declared, who has stood on the steps of the Supreme Court silently um, uh, uh, declaring life with the red tape movement, with life written on it. All of you champions, you are a part of this victory and you deserve honor. And I pray that the Lord will pour out blessing upon blessing upon blessing upon all of you in Jesus's mighty name. All right. So as we celebrate this impossible victory, the main thing I actually want to focus on today is what do we do next? Where do we go from here? Let's talk strategy because we want to keep this ball rolling. You know, we had our prayer time this morning. Every morning at 9 a.m., um, our Shiloh Fellowship Church gathers um, with anywhere from 20, some days 30, some days 40 of us get together to pray. And one of the things Patricia King was with us, she's there most days helping to lead that every day with pastors Francisco and Desiree. And she shared, and I've heard her share this so many times over the years, but she shared a reminder that um, the most dangerous times for armies and nations is usually right after a big victory. Because right after a big victory, we want to celebrate. And, it, and, 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 it's, and it's great to have a celebratory heart and a grateful heart and a rejoicing heart. But we don't want to celebrate to the point where we think it's all, it's all won, it's all done, it's all over, and then let our guard down. That's actually when most armies and most nations will get conquered. When they've had a big victory, they let their guard down, especially in celebration, and are vulnerable because the enemy may mount a counterattack or may mount a lashback. So I, what I want to do now is let's talk about strategy and next steps so we're not guilty of that. So I, I know many of us could, might be weary, but this isn't a time to give into weariness. It's not a time to get into stress or anxiety. Or, oh, my gosh, I got I to gotta, I gotta keep focused or I will be lost. No, no, no. We simply take this celebration, this victory. We celebrate this victory as a testimony of who our God is, what our God's like, that truly anything is possible with God. Nothing is impossible. There's no stronghold of the enemy too strong. There's no fortress of the enemy that's, that's too big or too long established. It can be torn down with a suddenly, a, a flash of God lifting his hand, releasing his lightnings from the throne of God, and then suddenly breaks forth. So how do we stay on point? How do we stay, continue to be active? Because we had a great victory today, but it's not done. One of Benjamin Dietrich and his wife, Tara, and their kids are often in our morning prayers. And Benjamin, as we were celebrating and rejoicing and worshiping our God, uh, Benjamin shared a great insight about how in the, uh, in, in the book of Joshua, when God uses Joshua to bring the Israelites into the promised land, you, they didn't just cross into the land and it was done. You guys have heard me share on the same portion where I pointed out that there were two main battles on the way into the promised land. But once they got into the promised land, they faced more than 10 times more battles in the promised land to occupy the promised land. Benjamin went even deeper and he pointed out that once they got into the promised land, there were seven years of battle to take the land to occupy the land but then there was another seven years of establishing the nation of god the people of god the tribes of god in the promised land 
And we need to make sure that we realize as we've stepped into this victory that we're not done. Celebrate, rejoice, be encouraged, be inspired, be reminded of who our God is and what he's capable of. Be reminded of who you are in, with, and for God and what you're capable of in, with, and for God. Rejoice in this victory, but don't think we're done. Don't let your guard down. And I'm going to give you in a few minutes some strategic steps, some keys and strategies for exactly how you can do that. So it's not some nebulous thing that can be sort of a pressure feeling of, oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? I'm going to share strategic next steps so you know what to do. But before we go there, I want to I want to keep looking at why it's so important. And even with this great victory that we celebrate, that we rejoice in, that we're inspired by, we don't let our guard down. And we see the example in the book of Joshua when we come into the promised land on what it takes to actually clear the enemy from that land, even when we've had the victory, and then to occupy and expand and take the land and really shift and change the land. But we've got another great example of this in Luke 11. Let's look at it. I'm, I'm going to go and read verses 24 to 28 here. And it says, when an evil spirit leaves, it goes into the desert searching for rest. Now, this is talking about in regards to when a uh, spirit is cast out of a person. It says, when an evil spirit leaves a person. But um, th there's a, there's a uh, truth here that applies to all spiritual warfare. And we have cast out, as it were, a, a spirit of death. We have cast out, as it were, an anti-life spirit. We have cast out, as it were, a spirit of Molech and Baal, of child sacrifice. But we see here in Luke 11 that it says, when an evil spirit leaves, it goes into the desert searching for rest. But when it finds none, it says, I will return to where I came from. So it returns and finds its former home is all swept and in order. Then the spirit finds seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they all enter the person and live there. And so that person or that nation, let's say, is even worse off than it was before. As he was speaking, this is Jesus teaching, by the way. As he was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother, the room from which you came and the breasts that nursed you. Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. So catch this. Jesus is saying, hey, look, casting out demons is no problem with me. I have authority over all the demonic realm. And now we know because of what he did at the cross, through the empty tomb, through his words as the victorious risen Lord, through Paul's teaching to remind us of what has been done, what has been won, what has been given through the victory of the cross and in the gift of the Holy Spirit. We also know in the writings to the church at Ephesus that all that authority has been given to us, to the glory of Jesus Christ. But we've been given that as the body of Christ in the earth, as the church in the earth. So we know we have authority to partner with God to see great victories like we've seen. But here Jesus is teaching on spiritual warfare. This isn't only on deliverance ministry. This is on spiritual warfare, because when you're casting out a demon, whether it's from a person or a demonic stronghold in a nation, we need to be aware that that demon just doesn't go away. Oh, man, I'm defeated. I guess I'll go to the, the, the bowels of hell and just sit there. No, it actually goes and tries to recoup. And when it comes back and it sees that that there's no resistance, that there's no that like if if hey celebrate uh, been cast out. If we you know even when we do deliverance ministry, when the demon goes and it must in the name of Jesus, we then plead the blood of Jesus over them afresh. We then ask Holy Spirit to come and fill them afresh, so that it can't come back and say, oh look everything's been swept and and made nice, but I can go right back in. No, you can't because we've prayed. Because we didn't give up just with the victory of being cast out, but we continue to do what we have learned from the Lord, which is you believe the word of God you, and, and you put it into practice. So we knew to say, all right, now we plead the blood of Jesus over this person, over their soul. We ministered any trauma that made place for that. We command it to go as well. Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and flood this person with a fresh filling of your spirit so that, that what has been cast out can never come back. We need to make sure we're doing the same thing 
over this Supreme Court decision and over this tearing down of Molech, Baal, child sacrifice and legalized abortion in the nation, because the enemy's going to want to lash back. The enemy's going to want to kick back. So we need to be praying against spiritual, natural lashback, not in fear, but in authority, in awareness, in proactivity to if if we get ahead of this thing the lashback may never be able to rise up or become much of anything so we need to pray against spiritual lashback like we were talking about we need to continue to bind and declare that those spirits are cast down and they no longer have the authority that they've had in first kings 13 it talks about the man of god who spoke to the altar where the demonic had been served and he commands the altar to be split in half and all of its ashes to be poured out. That's one of the things I was doing this morning after hearing about this victory. I was declaring in the name of Jesus Christ, I declare the altars of Molech and Baal are, are not only cast down, are not only refused, will no longer be ministered to on a regular basis through child sacrifice and legalized abortion in this nation, but I command those altars to split down the middle and all all of the ashes of all of the all of the the, the 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 metaphorical or spiritual ashes of all the sacrifices upon those altars to pour out right now Molech and Baal, you are defeated, you are bound, you are broken, you are cast out, you are cast down, you are no longer being ministered to legally by this nation, and we declare that you are defeated in the name of Jesus Christ. So we need to continue to declare the victory and operate in the authority to, to keep that down. It doesn't mean we keep fighting the same battle. It means now that we have the victory, we keep standing in the victory, we keep watch from the victory, we operate in authority from that victory. But we also need to be praying against lashbacks in the natural. Believe you me, in the natural, those powers and principalities are going to try to stir up natural lashback. It's going to try to stir up violence and outrage and protests and rioting. We need to be praying against those things, binding the spirit of violence binding the spirit of lashback, binding the spirit of rage and anger and outrage, binding those spirits and praying for the people that would get caught up in that. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. We need to be praying against violence and violent protests. We need to be praying against anger and frustration and rage. Uh, we need to bind the spirits of anger and rage because remember in the, in Paul's epistles, he talks about how anger gives a foothold to the enemy. So the enemy may be saying, hey, I lost a foothold with legalized child sacrifice in the United States of America today, but I want to stir things up. I want to stir up the liberals to try, and the leftists to try to stack the Supreme Court and get this thing overturned. You know, there's been talk about how they want to expand the Supreme Court so that they can stack. It's just, oh, it's just crazy. But the enemy's crazy. So we can look at that and say, that's not even right. That's not constitutional. That's just crazy. But don't waste your time with that. If you get angry at that, if you get frustrated with that, if you give place to rage or unclean thoughts or unclean words, all you're doing is giving a fresh foothold to the enemy. Cast those things down. If they start to operate in you, take authority over them. We're here to operate in authority on behalf of God. Let's start with ourselves. Cast those things down. So you don't give a foothold to the enemy and then be praying against the spirits of anger and rage in those who are outraged by this or are upset about this because the enemy wants to use them as a fresh foothold for things like political agendas, like potentially stacking the Supreme Court, violent protest agendas and riot agendas. We need to be heading all of that off in the spirit um, and praying against that. Um, but we also, as I said, have to be watching over our own hearts so that we're not giving place to offense, bitterness, outrage over their offense, bitterness and outrage. Um, and we need to continue, as I said, to declare and stand on and decree the complete, utter and total defeat of Molech and Baal and declare that those spirits can try to come back. But we are on watch. We are on guard. We are operating in authority of, of our Heavenly Father by the power of his Holy Spirit to the glory of Jesus Christ. And they will not come back and they will not bring seven gross demonic friends with them. All right. Our second strategic key, our second what's next or what do we do next? This is a biggie. Have mercy and compassion for those who feel a loss today. Remember, we talked about this. The nature of deception is you don't know you're deceived. I was deceived on this issue for much of my life. I didn't get saved until I was almost 39 years old. 
when the God I'd mocked and made fun of showed up outside my cabin in the woods of Montana to declare he refused not to love me. That encounter and another, another supernatural sovereign encounter the next day um, that, that, that went on for about three hours had me coming up off the kitchen floor of my little cabin in Montana saying to the Lord, if you're as real as you felt in the woods yesterday and you feel in the kitchen here today, I don't want to do this by myself anymore. I need you. Please be my Lord, be my Savior. And Jesus came flooding into my heart and everything changed in that moment. And everything continues to change now. There are things I immediately got set free of deception. And there were a few things that it was weeks later, months later. It was like, you know, we always talk about how it's like peeling an onion. And he did different things at different times, addressed different things at different times. So as opposed to looking at the people who see this as a loss and are grieved by this or afraid, by this because they've been programmed by culture and by the left to think that, you know, this is a crime against women's health. No, 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 it's not. It's a victory for life. It's a victory for righteousness. It's a victory against child sacrifice. But there are many people that don't understand that. And it's really important that we have mercy and compassion for them and that we pray for them. Remember, all they are is blind. They just don't see it yet. I didn't see it until I saw it. And I didn't see it until the Lord helped me see it. They just don't see it yet. They're not the enemy. We were not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. The politicians that are, are working towards the agenda of even something as wicked as post-term agenda, they may also not see it. Now, I say may because there could be some that do see it and do know the dark powers they're in league with. But even if that's the case, remember, we still don't war against flesh and blood. We war against the powers and principalities that perhaps they're knowingly in league with. But we still war and contend for them to be set free. Jesus did not curse the blind. Jesus did not get angry at the blind. Jesus did not dismiss the blind. Jesus does not rage at the blind. Jesus did not wipe his hands of the blind and say, you're not on my side. I'm mad at you. I'm done with you to heck with you or quite literally to hell with you. He didn't say any of that. Just the opposite. He prayed for the blind that they would see and they did. I think it's really important in the midst of celebrating this victory that we continue to operate in the heart and the mercy and compassion of our Lord and Savior, who when all of us were given over to darkness and Satan himself had the keys to this realm, he didn't rage at us. He didn't curse at us. He didn't get frustrated with us. He didn't dismiss us. He didn't turn his back on us. He actually left heaven and came into this realm to do for us what we could not do for ourselves. I think it's very important that we have mercy and compassion and pray for from a place of mercy and compassion for those who see this as a loss and are really upset about it, that, that, that we contend for them and pray for them in this moment. All right. Um, next step. Number three, I, I think it's very important talking about those who see this as a loss. It's really important that we pray for unity in our nation is we had some text chains and prayer chains going this morning, even before we all got together at, uh, um, uh, uh, at, at, at Shiloh Fellowship to have our, our morning revival prayer time. Um, I was already starting to pray that God of the impossible, our miracle working God, the impossible who brought forth this victory after 49 years, five months and two days, that you could also do the impossible and somehow from this bring forth unity in the nation. And I was pleading the blood of Jesus over the nation and speaking healing to the soul of the nation and over all of the, the, the citizens and inhabitants of this nation and say, Lord, do the impossible. Let the banner over our nation be love and may we truly be one nation under God, indivisible with you, with liberty and justice for all and that all would feel that and 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 that anyone who anywhere the enemy tries to use this landmark to tear us further apart and believe me he will he only comes to steal kill destroy and divide that's all he does he lies he steals he kills he destroys he divides we need to be praying against that and praying for our god of the impossible to do something miraculous and impossible and actually bring about unity from this point may this point begin the united states of america once again moving towards being united with God, for God, the, uh, uh, one nation under God, indivisible from God, and with that, 
all of us together having a sense of righteousness and justice and liberty and truth and an ability to stay connected even when our, our opinions are different on uh, key political issues. Um, fourth, what do we do next? Fourth strategic key, pray for peace and love for those who have had abortions. I touched on this earlier. This is really important because one of the things we don't want as we celebrate this victory is anyone who has had an abortion or, or participated in an abortion. Or like I told my story about helping two different women go to go and get an abortion because I didn't, I didn't know any better. My eyes hadn't been opened yet. I hadn't seen the truth yet. We need to have mercy and compassion for um, not only the ones who see today as a loss, but we need to be praying that anyone who's had an abortion or in any way participated in an abortion don't hear our celebration as some form of guilt, shame, and condemnation that they should take on because they were part of the problem. There's a lot of wonderful women who are wonderful Christians devoted to the Lord, who one of the things in their past is that they've had an abortion. I know many men fathers or, or, or husbands, I should say, or boyfriends who helped a wife or a girlfriend um, get an abortion. And, um, and they have dealt with guilt and shame over those things. It's very important that we remind those people that they are loved and that they are forgiven and that their sins that are loved and forgiven and removed as far as the East is from the West is no different than any of our sins. So just because today we're celebrating this victory, we need to cover all of those who have participated, who have serviced these altars of child sacrifice over the years. We need to be lifting them up and praying for them that there's no guilt, shame, or condemnation on them. They simply didn't see. They simply didn't understand. Or if they did see to some degree, they something else seemed bigger. So they didn't fully understand. And again, this is a moment for great mercy, and great compassion, and great love. And we need to be covering those to make sure that the enemy doesn't get a foothold and bring guilt and shame and condemnation or division or to get them to turn away from their church or their fellowships simply because we are celebrating a great victory today. All right. Um, number five, key. Number five, strategic next step. Pray protection over the justices and voices of life and, and righteousness. We need to be praying protection over the Supreme Court justices and their families who chose to stand for life and righteousness today, who voted to have Roe v. Wade overturned. We need to be praying protection for the voices and their families who have vocally stood for and been a part of shifting national consciousness and national awareness to what legalized abortion truly was so that God could get a foothold in the hearts of the people to see this thing shifted. You know, we've already heard stories about protesters and intimidators gathering outside the homes of justices to threaten and intimidate and some to peacefully protest but also there have been some that were very threatening and intimidating uh, if not presences right there at the home but statements made you know for all the the I don't want to go too far into politics here but the, those justices aren't going to get a lot of help and support from this administration. They've already made that clear. So they, we, they can get help and support from a greater administration, the administration of heaven, as that we co-labor with the Lord and be praying for them to be surrounded with his angels, that the Lord of hosts would cover them and protect them and provide for them and their families and keep them safe so that they could be like Jesus. And even if someone wanted to do them harm, they will simply pass through the crowd unseen because it is not their time yet. They have more good work to do with their, their Supreme Court decisions and with their voices to continue to help establish righteousness and reformation in this land. So pray protection over the justices uh, that, 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 that voted to have Roe v. Wade overturned and also for the voices that have the people that have been vocal, the men and women and young people that have been vocal, vocal voices, loud voices for life and righteousness. All right, number six, let this victory fuel an even greater faith, bigger prayers, and greater expectations. Let today be a marker in time of when the United States of America turned the ship 
from darkness increasing on the earth and deeper darkness increasing on the people to where we began to, to see a turn of this nation back to God. We began to see that truly anything is possible with our God. And today is a day that will be one of the first markers along the way of a great revival and a great reformation in the United States of America. As we celebrate and rejoice in this, but do not come off the wall. Do, do not stop watching. Do not come off the front lines. Do not come off of prayer and worship and everything that has got us to here. As we continue to advance in the land, take the land, establish more of his rule and reign, his will and his ways, his plans and his purposes, his truth, his righteousness, and his justice in the land. Let today's victory fuel an even greater faith, bigger prayers, and greater expectation for his kingdom coming and his will being done, for revival and reformation to be established and to, to explode in the nation. We need to pray for an acceleration of righteousness, revival, and reformation. Remember the promise of Second Chronicles seven fourteen, where the Lord declares, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear, I will respond from heaven, I will come and I will heal the land. Today can be a marker in time for us to be excited, celebratory, rejoicing, fueled, inspired that God can do even more. We, we humbled ourselves as a nation today. We turned from something a very, very wicked way, legalized abortion, legalized child sacrifice. God has seen this. God has heard this. He didn't say when we turn from our wicked ways, he's going to go, hey, thumbs up, way to go. He says he will respond and he will heal the land. I want to stir your faith. And stir your desire to go deeper, to go higher, to go, go fuller, to go more, more revival, more reformation, greater manifestations of his kingdom coming and his will being done, bigger changes to our nation to establish it in, in, in righteousness and truth and kingdom justice as well. Let you let, let, let this fuel you and inspire you that as we have now turned from a very wicked way, we are at the beginning of God coming and healing the land. This is part of it, but let this inspire you that it's just the beginning and we can go bigger and bigger and bigger and we can see God do more and more and more. Ask Holy Spirit to help you imagine it. Help Holy Spirit, help ask Holy Spirit to help you see it. Ask Holy Spirit to help you pray it out. Pray in tongues a lot right now because God wants to do exceedingly abundantly beyond our ability to ask, think, or comprehend. And if you want more on that, go back and listen or watch the Heroes Arise episode. It's called something like God's um, uh, a supernatural power tool or super weapon um, for seasons that we're in. Um, but it's all about what tongues unlocks and what tongues unleashes when you pray in tongues. All right. Um, also, one of the other things I want to help inspire you with in this, in this, from this last key of letting today's victory fuel an even greater faith, bigger prayers, and greater expectations is when we were in prayer today, um, um, two words uh, came forth. Patricia, as I said, Patricia King was with us. She's with us most days helping to lead the, the revival prayer meetings. And she saw barrenness being broken off wombs because, you know, when life has been so devalued through legalized abortion and legalized child sacrifice, it's like a, it's like in the spirit, a declaration of life and children and babies in the womb have no value. They can just be flushed. Right. Well, um, I, I, she has said, and I agree with this, that it's one of the reasons there's been so much barrenness in the United States of America. If you notice the increase of fertility clinics and all of that stuff, it's, it's, it's never been harder to get pregnant than it is right now in the natural I'm talking. And I think that a lot of that is the fallout from having not valued life and not valued babies in the womb. But because of this turn today, one of the things Patricia saw and I wanted to declare out there was that barrenness is broken off wombs. And I'm declaring not only off of wombs, but off the nation. And the first thing I want to do is for any of you who have had trouble getting pregnant right now, I'm going to pray for you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I declare the curse of barrenness is 
been broke, broken off the atmosphere of this nation and where it was difficult to conceive, now it will be easy. And I declare that when you were made, you were made in the image of God. And when your womb was made, your womb was made in the image of God. And that, you are, that, that your womb is blessed to be fruitful and multiply. And I command the blessing of fruitfulness and multiplication upon your marriage and upon your womb. In Jesus' name, life come forth. I break barrenness off of you. I break the lion curse of difficulty to conceive and bring to term off of you. And I declare life, life, life. Be fruitful and multiply in Jesus' name. And I, and I want to encourage you to be praying that for this nation and to be praying for that for the husbands and wives of this nation that, that want to have children, that want to conceive and have had trouble. But I also want to be pr you praying that the barrenness is broken off this nation itself. Remember one of the things that came with the curse. Work is not under the curse. Toil is. Work. We, we woke up. Guys, we woke up. Women, we wake up and God will give us an assignment. Remember he did with Adam. Hey, let's go name the animals. Um, so our work is to be blessed and to be fruitful and to multiply, right? And, 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 but under the curse, there's toil where we barely scratch out an existence. And you can look at our economy. You can look at our gross domestic production. You can look at so many aspects of the nation, even in just last year and a half, production of fuel, you know, product, you name it. Um, things being produced and built in America, you name it. But the economy, the GDP, uh, fuel and energy production, all of that has withered and withered and withered away underneath this administration. And our productivity has never been lower. And we are a barren nation in many ways. But I'm declaring today that changes and that shifts because barrenness is broken off this nation. And we will be a bountiful and blessed nation all to the glory of the Lord in Jesus' name. And I really encourage you to lean into that and be praying that. If you've had barrenness in, in your womb, if you've had barrenness in your finances, if you've had barrenness of favor and doors opening where you need them to, grab hold of this. Let today's victory inspire you for even bigger, even greater, even more impossible victories coming forth. Because our God is the God of 2 Corinthians 214 who praise be to our god he always leads us in triumph in christ jesus and this is a triumph he wants to lead us into more so ask holy spirit to stir up big faith for you especially in the area of barrenness now becoming multiplication fruitfulness abundance the other thing pastor francisco saw this this morning that um one of the great concerns and one of the debates over um, uh, whenever the abortion issue was brought up in late term and post term abortions were brought up was because of extreme uh, birth defects or things like that. And what Pastor Francisco saw in the spirit this morning was that because we have chosen life and chosen to honor life and chosen life in the womb and to bring life in the womb to term, that we can put our expectation out for miraculous births, miracles in the womb and miraculous births were even severe or genetic birth defects as we pray are shifted and changed in Jesus's name and to his glory. One of the greatest miracles I've ever been able to partner with God on was actually a, a, a womb miracle um, where I was at a meeting I, and, and we got to wrap up or I don't want to go too long today, but, um, um, but I was at a meeting a very pregnant lady asked me to pray for her. She said that they that she had twins in her room, baby A and baby B, and basically that there were so many birth defects, so many deformed things, organs that were outside of their body that the doctors had said, don't even name the 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 fetuses don't even let's get real don't even name the children in your womb because um the birth defects are so severe they either won't come to term or they'll die almost immediately afterwards and so she asked me to pray i wasn't sure what to do i asked if i could put my hand on her belly she said yes i put my hand on the belly and then what the holy spirit showed me to do was put simply put my hand against the, my mouth and i declared baby a baby b you are loved Baby A, baby B, you are so, so loved. And I declare the love of your creator. And I declare in the love of your creator, creative miracles. Well, you've probably heard me told the story before, but the end, the end is I have a picture that I carry in the back of my Bible that was sent to me actually quite a few years ago, like seven years ago, of these wonderful twin girls as happy, healthy five-year-olds that the mom and dad took a picture and sent it to me to say, look at what our God did. You know, they had 
told me that um, a within a month they had done the sonogram and the babies were perfect in the womb, that God did the miracle in the womb. But when they were five years old, they said they were kind enough to send me this picture of them to say, look, happy, healthy, praise God, praise God. Indeed, we need to let today's victory inspire us to believe even bigger for even greater miracles and creative miracles in the womb in Jesus's name. So that is what I wanted to share with you guys today about celebrating this impossible victory, celebrating and rejoicing in this landmark day of what our God Almighty, our God Invincible in Battle has done, that it's never too late and what the enemy has established is never too big or been around too long. Our God is God, period. But at the same time, in addition to celebrating this impossible, this gloriously impossible victory from our God who is really good at the impossible, we also want to make sure that we don't lay down, we don't let our guard down, or we don't let our watch down, or we don't let our prayers down. This is the beginning of something amazing God wants to do, and you have a key role to play in that. So I hope today was helpful as we talked about celebrating a glorious and impossible victory, but also strategic next steps for how we respond after the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Thanks so much for being with me this week. Don't forget next Monday and Tuesday, June 27 and 28, birthing your prophetic promises. Go to patriciakingministries.com to register for free and join us live or use the links that you'll get sent to uh, watch after the fact on demand at your convenience or do both join us live and watch after the fact if you have any trouble with that email me robert at roberthotchkin.com and then again as always please like share and subscribe the videos the podcast the live streams help us get them out to more people five-star reviews are a great blessing that really help the algorithm and then final thing we're so grateful to be here for you every single week, and we know a lot are going through a lot, so we are committed to being here and continuing to pour into you. But if you're in a position where you can help out and pour into us, we would greatly appreciate that. Do me a favor and go to roberthotchkin.com or menonthefrontlines.com. Click the giving or donate button and sew in to all the free content and free media that we generate every single week for you guys. Um, we would greatly appreciate it. But as I said, if you're going through something right now and can't do that, absolutely fine. We're committed to being here for you and we consider it a great joy and a great privilege. God bless you. I'll see you back here again next week for another Heroes Arise. Ready for more? Go to roberthotchkin.com for more teachings, more resources, and more information about Robert Hodgkin Ministries and Men on the Front Lines.